Hello, hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Conversations with My Higher Self. How are you? Today, we're going to talk about collective consciousness. Um, this is an episode that has been requested since I refer to the energy of the collective in pretty much every single episode, I think. And so um, some of you have been wondering what that is, how to connect to it, what it feels like, what kind of information you can get from there, how to work with it, et cetera, et cetera. So I figured today I'm going to shed the light on this really interesting topic. Before we dive in, a couple of things I wanted to make you aware of. Um, I have another podcast called Our Sacred Universe. That one is specifically devoted to meditations and guided journeys. So if you like meditating or if you're new and you would like to start meditating, join me uh, during that podcast uh, or on that podcast. Um, it is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as it has its own YouTube channel. And if you haven't read my book, it is out. It is available on Amazon. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a magical book. It is a channeled book. It is something that would lead you um, and would act as your doorway into your own personal universe of abundance, something that you could use the energy to create. Essentially, it's a 72-day journey. Now, some people take longer. You know, you can take longer. There is no wrong way of doing it. But it's at least 72 days, one key, one chapter per day. And it is a book that guides you through many practical exercises as well as some theory around how the energy works, around how to manifest things. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. Yeah, last but not least, um, the this podcast also has a video recording, which is available on my YouTube channel at This Is Maria, Maria with a Y-M-A-R-I-Y-A. Yeah, so feel free to join us there. That is a space where you could ask questions if you're so cold. Alrighty, my darlings, why don't we dive right into collective consciousness? I think before we talk about the collective consciousness, uh, maybe it's important to get some definitions straight. Really, the majority of collective, so-called collective consciousness is the collective subconscious, right? So it's essentially all of the things that are brewing in the background. It is essentially a space um, where emotions as well as thoughts and belief systems of humanity are written and preserved. And so essentially everybody that's ever incarnated on planet Earth has a collective space that I refer to as a collective consciousness, which um, essentially is a really, really good litmus test of where humanity is at this point in time, but also what happened prior. You may say that this is a subsection of the Akashic Records. So for those of you that are familiar with Akashic Records, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not familiar, there is an episode on this podcast um, not too long ago about the Akashic Records. I think I made more than one, actually. So feel free to revisit those. But essentially, you know, the, Akash the Akashic Records field, just a quick refresher, is a large informational field that is kind of like a middle layer between... The world of the matrix where we come to incarnate planet earth belongs to the world of the matrix and the real world and the real world is essentially where our souls truly live um that is where your higher self is that is where source consciousness is that is essentially the the real world and the akashic records is the layer in between now the akashic records has multiple sub layers within um it is a fairly complex structure for many reasons because it has to be sophisticated enough that source itself can use it as a note-taking platform, so to say, or as a grand record uh, of all that is across many cycles. And there have been an infinite amount of cycles and there will be another infinite amount of cycles after this one. But it has to be robust enough, or shall we say simple enough, that everybody on planet Earth or anybody in, like, let's say, third-dimensional consciousness incarnated in, in inside of the matrix could also use and leverage. And so essentially, such as the Akashic Records, when we talk about collective consciousness, we're talking about the innermost layer, or shall we say the bottom layer of the Akashic Records. Every planet has one. So essentially, if you are, usually that's how they're clustered. Um, every planet is going to have its own set of records. Every satellite also has their its own set of records. So the moon is going to have its own collective. And, um, you know, which would include, by the way, it doesn't have to just 
contain a particular species. There is a collective consciousness of everything that is within a planet. So essentially, there is a collective consciousness of the Planck kingdom on planet Earth. There, there is a collective consciousness of humanity on planet Earth. There is a collective consciousness of the animal kingdom on planet Earth. There is a collective consciousness of the mineral kingdom of planet Earth, etc., etc. There is a collective consciousness of all the oceans on planet Earth. So essentially, everything that uh, could be subdivided into a kingdom could... Um, could be construed as like a separate group as far as the collective consciousness is concerned. So essentially, to put a long story short, it's a database that you could refer to. It is a database that has in it everything that happened, everything that is, and, and everything that is happening. Usually it's the past and the present, although arguably the future is also accessible through um, the collective consciousness. But uh, I would say that probably what you're mostly interested in is the present and the past. When we are having these conversations, you and I, I always work with humanity. And as such, I would always refer to the collective consciousness of humanity uh, because it is the most relevant and the most pertinent to our discussions. But at any point in time, I could also access any of the other collective consciousnesses or shall we say the subconscious. The reason I kind of like go back and forth, consciousness versus the subconscious, there's like really a very, very fine line because what you guys call the subconscious are all the things that you cannot see. So if you imagined... Uh, if you um, could think of an iceberg, uh, what you guys call consciousness is like the tip above water. What you call the subconscious is everything underneath. Human collective is the entire iceberg. So it's actually both. Both the things that you are aware of and all the things that are in the background, submerged underwater, that you are unaware of. So when I'm accessing the collective consciousness of humanity, I'm seeing both, in fact, there is very little differentiation between uh, one and the other. Um, as far as energy work is concerned, um, it almost doesn't matter to some degree what you're aware of versus what you're not aware of because it impacts you anyway. Just because a part of the iceberg is submerged underwater does not make it not real. <laughs> in fact, it is usually the larger chunk of the iceberg that is submerged. And in fact, it's as real as the, the part above water that um, everybody can see. Now, the reason that collective consciousness is, is fascinating. It gives you a chance to have a bird's eye view of everything that's going on. Obviously, every collective consciousness is contained, is oh, sorry, consists of, let's call it the billions, if not trillions of threads. So every single being in this particular case, maybe let's use human consciousness as an example. Every single being that has been incarnated on planet Earth, hum, human being, on planet Earth since the beginning of time is going to join the collective consciousness of humanity. Now, people that are currently incarnated are going to be the loudest voices in the collective. It's kind of, you know, I don't know how, like a good analogy, imagine you are on stage and imagine that uh, in front of you, there's like a ro rows of seats and there are people in the seats. And, you know, your first I don't know, five rows are the closest to you. And so their voices are the loudest. And then somebody that's like row 1000, they're there, but they're not as prevalent and they're not as, uh, it's not as easy to hear them. So the same thing here with collective consciousness, essentially all the people that are currently incarnated are kind of in the front row seats as you start looking into the collective consciousness and everybody else is in the further rows, further down the road. Now, the beauty about collective consciousness as well as the Akashic records in general. You can slice it and dice it any which way you want. And, 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 and that is what makes it such a sophisticated tool, right? It is all up to the wielder or the inquirer in this particular case. So the tool is only as good as whoever is inquiring because you can get really, really creative with this. I'll give you a quick example. Oh, uh, let me just uh, finish one thought. So remember how I mentioned that the collective consciousness of humanity is like the innermost layer of the Akashic Records? So it's actually the easiest for you to access. The hardest aspects, um, you know, maybe all the things that are upstairs, right? So you go to 7D consciousness, 9D consciousness, D stands for dimension. You know, it may be harder for some of you to access that. You go to remote star systems, it may be harder for you to access that. So Essentially, it may be a good idea, right? If, if you would like to get into the Akashic Records reading, etc., it may be easier for you to start with humanity, actually, because this is the closest, this is near and dear. And actually, you don't need to have um, all that much elevation to go up because to become proficient in reading the Akashic Records, you need to have a certain level of vibration. You need to have a certain level of awareness. You need to have a certain 
uh, level of your third eye being open as well as your uh, crown chakra has to be operational to some degree. You don't really have all that many prerequisites um, to be able to use uh, and access the uh, collective consciousness because again, this is the easiest part. And by the way, with mostly with Akashic Records, you're going to kind of like have to go up and it's a movement up, right? Because you're connecting to something that is kind of above. With with this particular one, um, you don't really have to go up. You can even go down. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit later once we go into the connecting part. Yeah, but remember how I told you uh, to finish up my other point. Remember how I told you that the collective consciousness is really moldable and it is really up to you how you can slice and dice it? That's actually a very, very important point. So it's up to you what kind of people um, you want to assign to a group. So in the same way that you can, you can take a cucumber and slice it many different ways. You could cut it into two pieces and that's going to be one way to slice a cucumber. You can keep the cu cucumber whole and that's going to be just one piece. You can cut it into a thousand pieces. That's going to be a whole other way to cut the cucumber. And of course, if you were to re re uh, refer to each piece or each slice, it would feel very different because it has a different amount or percentage of the cucumber in it. I don't know if that, that was a weird analogy. As I was saying it, I feel it's like a little strange. <laughs> but uh, so I apologize. Why don't we, why don't I give you an example, like a real life example? For instance, you could be like, okay, when you're connect, connecting with collective consciousness, you can connect with humanity as a whole. You can connect with humanity in a particular region, whether that is a country, whether that is a city, whether that is the block on which you live on, whether that is a street, uh, whether that is, I don't know, everybody on a particular floor uh, in uh, in a building. You can connect to somebody, to everybody that works for the same company. That is another way to think of collective consciousness. You can collect to everybody in your family. You can connect uh, to everyone in your dad's lineage. You can connect to all of your childhood friends. Yeah, really. And that is a group of people uh, because that is going to be a slice that is unique to you. You can connect to, let's say, maybe something like a little bit more interesting. Maybe you want to connect to everybody that is that died during the Second World War. I'm not saying that's interesting, but for some people that study history, it could be really, really, really fascinating. Or you can connect to somebody that was in, in the Third Reich uh, with, with Hitler, for instance. Maybe that's like a, a point of interest. You can connect to everybody who um, has known Julius Caesar personally. I'm just saying, like maybe Julius Caesar is of interest to you, right? Like, So you can connect to any part uh, to any point in history, actually. And as long as you are very specific around how you're assigning the variables. In this particular case, I said, okay, Julius Caesar, everybody who knew him. I could have also narrowed it down and said, I want to connect with top five of Julius Caesar's friends. And that is a very different group. Now, the Akashic Records and the Collective Consciousness are extremely sophisticated systems. They're, they essentially can read any of your queries. You know how um, in, in customer support, there is artificial intelligence right now. And like when you're typing in a question, sometimes that artificial intelligence is going to be able to help you with very simple questions. So that is the state of AI on planet Earth. Let me tell you, Collective Consciousness and Akashic Records, that is... AI to a whole other different level, not to confuse it with AI, because let's just say that the Akashic Records are a lot less artificial than artificial, intellig than artificial intelligence, but essentially it is something that can take your query as is and send you and direct you to the right type of person or to the right group of people. Um, that's why actually going, you, uh, going into historical periods could be very, very interesting. You could um, connect to um, Slice and Dice, um, the collective, um, to talk to, let's say, everybody who was alive and incarnated during the golden age of Atlantis, everybody who was incarnated during, during Lemuria. I mean, the world's your oyster is all I'm saying. You could, <laughs> I don't know, I just had this really, really funny um, for some of you, I guess somebody needed to hear this. It's very pertinent to some of you. You may connect to all of your exes like whoever they are, and that could be a group that you talk to or you try to understand. If you have more than one child, your children could be a collective um, group. Essentially, anything that's more than one person, and by the way, even if it is one person, you can still connect with them through the collective consciousness because for as long as there is a thread of light and that thread has been anchored on planet Earth, you can connect to them. Uh, that's why you can connect through the um, collective consciousness. You can actually connect to 
any famous or non-famous person that has been ever incarnated on planet Earth. Maybe let, let me give you an example of Jesus because he's quite famous. You're not, if you're connecting to the consciousness of Jesus via the collective, with a human collective, you are going to get not the higher self of Jesus, but whatever came through, like whatever projection of the higher self that came through in the body of Jesus and lived here, right? So in, in other words, uh, that being is going to have a hundred, like a hundred percent of access to the consciousness of Jesus, but is not going to have a hundred percent of uh, access to the consciousness of the higher self of Jesus, right? Whereas if you went to to the, like higher up into the Akashic records, you could connect to the higher self of Jesus and get perspective that you may not get from Jesus himself. So I guess what I'm saying is. You can connect and slice and dice these things any which way you want. Talking to groups of people uh, could be fascinating for research purposes, um, to get answers to particular questions, to understand what somebody's going through. For instance, um, you may connect to a consciousness of everybody that has, I don't know, that experienced a particular thing in their life. Let's say it was, um, I, I don't know if I'm going into morbid examples, but I just want to paint a, a broad picture for you. Like you can connect to everybody who's ever had cancer, everybody who's ever had a C-section when they were giving birth, everybody that has ever surfed, if we're trying to go into less morbid territory, like literally everybody who's ever been famous. How about that? People are fascinated by fame. You can connect to the consciousness, the group consciousness of people that have been famous and do your own research to understand how it feels. A lot of people want to get rich. You can connect to the collective consciousness of the 1% or everybody who's a billionaire. You can connect to the collective consciousness of everybody who's ever been in mafia. I don't know why you would want to do that, but I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that there is no method to how you could work and like which group of people you could talk to. You can connect to um, somebody, like some of the great inventors in physics from uh, let's say Tesla to Einstein to Newton. And, you know, have a group of, of those people. And by the way, imagine having those people as mentors. That would be amazing for somebody who's in the, in, in the field and um, maybe is looking to re revolutionize um, how humanity is thinking about the world at large. So these are essentially how you slice and dice them. Uh, what kind of information can you get from there? Essentially, I said this before, but it's kind of important, so I'll say this again. The bulk of collective consciousness... And when I say the collective consciousness, a part of me is like, oh, what am I even saying? Because big chunks of it are subconscious. But anyway, the, the largest chunk of this iceberg that we're discussing today um, consists of emotions and thoughts. So essentially, it's your um, emotional body and your mental body joined in, into one, one, I don't want to call it a mess, but soup, uh, one mixture, right? So essentially, that's where you go for feelings. That's where you go for for thoughts, what everybody's feeling, what everybody's thinking. You could also slightly connect to somebody's energy levels. You're not going to get a full read around somebody's energy, meaning are they feeling low energy, high energy, are they feeling hyper, but you could to some degree. More, more often though, when you're scanning, if you would like to feel into how your partic a particular group of people is doing, you're most likely just going to be addressing the emotions in, in that collective space. And if you would like to understand their beliefs, um, you would be addressing, or thoughts, you would be addressing the mental. I think now you have a really good grasp of um, how to slice and dice it. By the way, you can you can do more general. You can look at all the females in, in the 1900s. Like if you're a feminist, then you'd like to understand how females lived. You can connect to every single boy alive on planet Earth before the age of seven. Or, I don't know, every teenager, if you're looking into teenage trauma. Maybe I should stop around giving you ideas around how you can slice it. I think you guys are getting the idea. I just get so excited about this and I'm like, oh my God, the potential here is limitless and it is just so fascinating. Nobody talks about it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should um, start changing the tides here. By the way, you can also connect to a particular group like a physical beings. For instance, you walk into a concert and you're like, well, I would like to understand how these people are thinking or feeling, sorry, or what's what they're up to. Or if you're a public speaker, um, I know not a lot of you uh, are, but if you are a public speaker, you're delivering a speech, you can connect to the collective consciousness of that group. And by the way, you can con connect to a day of 
or prior. So as you're preparing for your speech, you can look into the consciousness of that collective of everybody who's going to listen to your speech and adjust accordingly. Because as you're preparing the speech, the intention for the speech has been created. Therefore, the delivery has kind of already happened. It's just the manifestation in the third dimensional space is, is, is delayed. And so that group has already formed. So the moment you decide to do a speech somewhere, let's say it's a conference, everybody who was supposed to hear it has already been decided. And so you could look into these people, what, what they're up to. Are they going to be distracted? You know, are they going to be uh, like anything? You could check them out and craft your speech accordingly. If you're a healer and you're doing group sessions, you can look into uh, what, they're, what they're going to be up to that day and what they're worried about that day. And um, that may help you craft your story better. Sorry, not the story, but um, your experience better. If you are in a leadership position in an organization, if you're a manager, uh, or if you're just working with like um, large masses of people or a lot of people, like, I don't know, you're a waitress and you'd like to understand like what people are going to be feeling that day, that that is entirely possible through just dissecting, putting all of these people in, into a group. So like I said, anything about people's emotions, anything about their feelings, you could you could get and you could understand. Use cases for this. Obviously, if you're working on a planetary level, the possibilities are endless. You could help somebody via the collective consciousness. So it's actually not, it's not a one-way access. Uh, meaning you don't, yeah, yes, you can upload the information from uh, the collective consciousness, meaning you can like, you can have read access. Uh, but very often, if you're working on a planetary level, you're going to have edit access. Am I making sense? Do you guys know, um, like when you're sharing documents, um, sometimes you give people access to just view something and sometimes they're able to edit your document. Those are very, very different access levels. Pretty much everybody's going to have view access um, of the Akashic records. Uh, well, at least the, the collective human consciousness. And um, some people are going to have edit access. Edit access though, because the Akashic records are maintained by beings of light um, if you have malicious intent, there's just no way that they're going to let you through. Like, for instance, you cannot, like, just decide to curse half of humanity because, uh, or, or jinx or something, uh, because because y you have access to the um, the collective consciousness. That's not how it works. Uh, and by the way, you don't want to be in the receiving end of, of, of that karma of just trying to do that, uh, let me tell you, because that is like a capital offense in, 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 in the eyes of those beings that are guarding the structure. So... Just had to give you that disclaimer. Moving on to the people that are working on the collective um, level or in the planetary level, the people that showed up with a big mission, uh, whatever that is, you may use a collective to actually ease somebody's suffering. So for instance, let's say that there is like a big event, um, I don't know, like um, a force majeure, uh, like, um, I don't know, a tornado, a hurricane, uh, an earthquake, something happened major. And you could connect to the consciousness of everybody who suffered in that event and you could send them through a particular thought, thought form or a particular feeling um, that you yourself essentially could program it into their collective consciousness so that it becomes easier for them to deal with something. Maybe you want to send them hope or maybe you want to send them love or maybe you want to send them like a thought form around everything's going to work out or you're okay or you're safe or something along those lines that's comforting, right? So for those of you that have edit access you are going to be able to do that. The question that I'm getting from the collective right now is how do I know that I have edit access? There's about a 10% chance if you're listening to this that you're going to have edit access. Once you start connecting to the Akashic Records, and I will explain how you do that, not to the Akashic Records, sorry, to the collective consciousness. It's one and the same. That's why in, in some levels it's one and the same. That's why I even get, you know, get confused which word to use. Um, because it's essentially from my perspective, it's it's like one and the same. I would go to a fairly similar place. But um, once we start working with it, I will tell you how you would know. Uh, because uh, right now it's going to be taken a little bit out of context. So hold that thought. Um, I'm, I'm going to explain to you later how you know if you are able to, essentially if you have edit access. Uh, what else? Um, you could, um, maybe some of the more applicable, if you're, if you're not working on, on the collective consciousness of humanity, if you don't have like a big mission, you, you kind of like, um, you're more normal, I guess, um, than some other folks. There's still a ton you could leverage the, this um, tool for. You could look at every single boss that you've ever had and really read their minds, so to say, around what they truly felt about you. And um, essentially how it would feel is you would connect to them. First, you would uh, divide them into a group, right? Uh, for instance, I want to talk to all of my bosses. 
and then the, the Akashic records are gonna rearrange themselves and um, you're gonna be able to connect. And then what it's gonna feel like if, because you're referring uh, to thought forms, right? Your request is, what do they think about me? So you're referring to the mental space. You're gonna start getting thoughts, like just thoughts, random thoughts popping into your head around like other people thinking about you. For instance, she is this, that, and the other thing, or he is this, that, and the other thing. And the loudest thoughts always come first, meaning if there is a consensus or an agreement about you being a particular way, that is the first thought that comes that would come into your vicinity. So the thoughts that are the loudest or more people feel them or they're felt more intensely, not felt, thought more intensely, I guess, the frequency of thoughts are going to come through first. And it's, it's kind of like um, every thought feels like a train. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a train of codes of streams. It just passes through. And you cannot even like when they're not your thoughts, it's like momentarily you're almost able to feel and think from the perspective of another, whereas you become an object of somebody's thoughts. And so you almost dissociate from who you are as a consciousness and you connect to the consciousness of another and you can read everything that they're thinking about you. By the way, this is also possible with individuals. So like if you really just want to understand what an individual person is thinking about you or feeling about you, you could use this. And I think that is how we got into <laughs> probably the most useful use case for you guys, right? Because funnily enough, romance is like a big uh, is like a big thing on planet Earth. The reason I say it's funny funny is because Nobody upstairs really has a hard time aligning with people who they're meant to be with uh, because love is is just such a frequency and you feel it. And like, I, I guess um, all this heartache and um, like not being loved back is, is, is very much the domain of um of, of third dimensional, lower dimensional worlds. Uh, once you start moving, going back, back into dimensions and once you exit the matrix, let, let's just say ro romantic issues don't stop be be being issues and they're largely resolved. But here, a lot of people are wondering, ooh, how does that other person feel about me romantically? You can look it up, you guys, with uh, you know collective consciousness, not gonna lie. Again, if your intent is not malicious, that is, because the moment your intent is malicious, they're just going to close it down from for, for, from you. And by the way, they'll, they'll close it down, not just for that one request, but they'll close it down for decades. So just be careful what, you, what, what you're asking and what your intent is. So double check that you know, your intention is always love and light and not to take away somebody's free will or something or manipulate them into becoming something they're not. Um, because the, again, don't, you don't want to mess with uh, the powers that be. Because <laughs> the, there are powers for a reason, and they can mess, <laughs> and they can you know do more things to you than you can do to them. So um, that's how like you would uh, um, think like emotionally, right? What does somebody think about me? It would feel like trains of thought. It's funny how in the English language they have this word train of thought. Never thought of that because literally when you're connecting to a collective consciousness, it feels like a train. Uh, like a train of light or like um, it feels like a string of numbers and you know and so it feels like a little bit of a train you can also connect to somebody's feelings or emotions um it could be how does you know a particular group of people feel about you it could be your family i mean i guess families usually uh, i mean although no there is a range of emotions in families i shouldn't be assuming that everybody's always loved by their family because that is not the case or you could be i don't know if you're in college and you want to understand how um you know other people in college that know you feel about you, you can also connect. And feelings are a little bit different. They feel like clouds, actually, whereas um, thoughts are a lot more pointed, almost like an arrow of light shooting through the space. Feelings are clouds, and there are clouds of different color and different um, density levels. So some of them are more transparent, some of them are more opaque. And then your um, the lighter the thoughts are, they're going to be more white or pastel colors sometimes. And the darker, the more negative thoughts are, they turn either shades of black, uh, shades of black, shades of gray <laughs> is what I meant, but I guess there are many shades of black as well, believe it or not. Um, or they, they would look a little bit darker, like black or brown, or sometimes there would have like reds in there as well. So depending on the, on, on the or oranges actually. Yeah, but um, essentially they would have a color and the color, you know, usually is intense, but it's also usually a muddy color. And so, yeah, feelings are usually clouds and that's how I would describe that energy. And um, in order to understand the feeling, you're going to have to surround yourself with it. Um, so essentially kind of like stand in the middle of that cloud and just absorb it. Whereas with thoughts, 
thoughts actually usually enter through the ears. Again, etherically, energetically, they enter through the ears. Um, and so you just have to keep your ears open. And then they're processed in the brain. So thoughts um, enter through the ears, get processed in the brain. Emotions um, get felt, actually. So you feel emotions with every cell of your body. So your skin actually feels emotions, but um, that's how they penetrate your body. And, and so like, so I, when you're standing in the cloud, your full body can take that in, but they're processed in the heart. So it's like really heart to heart connection uh, when you understand somebody else's feelings. Yeah, I think that honestly, any tr problematic relationship that you have, it would be so much easier for you to understand what's going wrong or when, if you only were to understand two things, how does the, how do you make this person feel, right? How, how do they feel about you? And what are they thinking about you? If you knew those two things, I would say relationships become pretty easy. Now, a lot of you guys feel like telepathy is not real. And it may not be real for humanity as it stands today, but it doesn't mean that you guys don't have all the tools to open up a telepathic communication. And this is a way, this is a means of getting there. And now it may not be two-way communication. It is a one-way telepathic communication when you're connecting to the human consciousness, unless, unless, I guess it could be two-way. So if, <laughs> if you have edit access, it's two-way. If you have view access, it is one-way. But even one-way communication is terrific because it opens up, quote-unquote, special abilities in you that you didn't know that you had before. And by the way, telepathy is incredibly normal. It's actually not normal to not understand, to not feel other people's um, emotions, like empathy. And not telepathy, telepathy is not empathy. Sorry, it's actually not normal to not know what other others are thinking. It is only so in lower dimensional worlds where everything is so divided that you're by default kind of disconnected from things. Uh, when you become more connected to things, um, everything's kind of like an open book, unless you start, un unless you create protections. Obviously, you can create protections, and you know some memories are your own, even in the higher planes. But I guess all I'm saying is having access to the pathic access, access like this is actually normal. Okay, what I'm sensing from the collective right now is like this buzzing of excitement of just like, tell us how to do this because it sounds freaking awesome. If only we could learn how to do this. Okay, without further ado, one thing I will tell you is this, the energy of the collective consciousness of anything usually exists in a bowl. Um, so you would want to imagine a bowl, usually it's a golden bowl or a silver bowl on a stem. Um, you know how they have like, I don't know, champagne flutes that are on the stem. So it's kind of similar looking, only the bowl has, um, um, it's, it's not narrow, it's kind of like broader. Um, and so that is essentially any type of collective consciousness that you could be talking to, or you could, um, you know, want to take a deep dive with is essentially going to be contained within a vessel. And this particular vessel happens to be a bowl. Now, how do you get to that bowl, right, is a really, really interesting question. There's not just one way to connect to this. By the way, once you connect the first time, the second time it's going to be easier and then it's like a muscle, you just train it. One of the easiest that I think, although, listen, take that with a grain of salt, you're all different beings and what's easy for some of you may be really, really hard for somebody else. The first thing is essentially you close your eyes you quiet down your internal dialogue. Just don't participate essentially in whatever thoughts. And then I want you to imagine that you start walking. It's, it's a dark corridor or like a dark hallway and you just keep walking forward. And so you're walking, walking, walking until you come into a chamber. And in the middle of that chamber, there's going to be a golden bowl filled with liquid on a stem, the bowl on a stem. <laughs> I don't know why they always put it on the stem. Don't ask me guys. You're asking me, sorry, uh, what I'm reacting to is the collective consciousness asking me, why does it need a stem? <laughs> I didn't design it. The architect of the Akashic Records did. He preferred a stem. I don't know. He thought it was cute. And that's it. There is no other explanation for this. Uh, some things are just the way they are because whoever created them made them such. He's laughing, um, the, the architect, because it's like, I could have made it a sphere. I could have made it in the shape of an elephant and just decided to make it a bowl. So I guess, you know, thank you, the architect. And we're just going to have to work with a bowl. That's totally fine. And so you would come to, um, to this essentially opening to this hole and in the middle there is this bowl and that's the first way to get to the bowl there is another way to get to the bowl 
You can imagine that you're falling down a well, like the rabbit hole or whatever, and you're falling into the same opening. And then there is a bowl of golden light there. So essentially, you either walk straight ahead or you fall down. And there is a third way to get there. You would need to work with a collective matrix of the solar system here. Here's what you would want to imagine. You would want to start with the sun. So like you would close your eyes, get into a meditative state, and then you would imagine the sun. If you guys know the heliocentric um, system, right? Everything revolves around the sun. If you've seen the the charts of the solar system, it's it's like um, all these planets orbiting the sun. You know, the, the innermost one is Mercury, then you have Venus, and then you have um, Earth. Um, and then the moon is right next to the earth. But essentially what you would want to imagine is that you're you're seeing the sun and then you're seeing Mercury, then you're seeing Venus. And then the third planet from the sun is the earth. Because again, we're working with the energy of the earth here. If you're interested in the collective consciousness of any other planet, you can use the same blueprint. It's one in the same way. And so essentially you would zero in, you would focus and you would zoom in on planet earth. And then essentially you see this globule of energy or shall we say sphere, right? Representing planet earth. And then underneath that, there is going to be a bowl on a stem underneath, like literally under planet earth. It's almost like if planet earth was producing waters, all of those waters uh, would end up in kind of like the, because of gravity, I guess that would, they would um, gather under the planet and all of those things are kind of like falling like water droplets into this um, large bowl, golden bowl, that represents this immediate aspect of the Akashic Records, which is the human collective consciousness. So these are the three ways, easy ways, to get to the actual bowl with the collective consciousness. How do you connect from there? So you can select, you know, again, step one of this is select any of the three ways that works for you to actually get to the golden bowl on a stem. Um, essentially, um, the entire human race is going to be contained, again, their past, present, future, as well as, um, all of their emotions, as well as all of their mental uh, constructs are going to be contained within that one energy. In order for you to connect with it, you're going to need your hands. The quickest way to read the collective Consciousness energy is through your hands. So you're going to take your hands in a meditation, right? So again, you're in your light bodies and you would submerge your hands into the liquid that is located inside of this golden bowl. And then you want to start activating the centers of your palms. It's essentially the information that's coming through your palms. Both of them are receiving centers in this particular instance. And so they're receiving, they're absorbing these energies. And they're, so usually there are three types of liquids that you may be seeing depending on the cross section. The co collective consciousness of humanity is golden right now, but it's not like deep gold. It's kind of like white gold. But depending on which aspect of the human collective consciousness you are connecting, it may be a different color. Most other colors are, it's either a shade of blue, it's either a shade of gold or a shade of a shade of white. Sorry, you guys, I'm completely blowing your mind saying that there are many shades of black and many shades of white in this episode, but such is the truth and such is the reality. So there you have it. Okay, so um, you connect through your hands, but again, uh, you connect and then you start absorbing the, the codes and you're absorbing the information. So from here, your hands are inside of the bowl. Right, you're connected to connective uh, to collective consciousness. If you have any blockages in your chakras, in your palms, this may be a blocker for you to be able to receive any answers. Um, if you feel like you may have a block, you want to flush out the, the chakras in the center of your palm with white light, like a stream of white light or a waterfall of white light, to cleanse away any of the blockages, any of that, so it doesn't get in the way. Okay, that's that. Then what ends up happening is you then set up the collective consciousness to only show you the group of people that you want to talk to. If that is the entire human race, that's totally cool. If you only want to see and talk to somebody in New York City, for instance, you that is the intention that you sent to the bowl, that please connect me to the consciousness of everybody who is in the New York City area or whatever other you know group of people you want to connect to of all the many examples that I, I gave you before. And then the uh, the water in the bowl is going to rearrange itself. 
uh, like there was like this ripple effects that happen and the water in the bowl is going to rearrange itself. And now that bowl, despite the fact that it can connect you to the entire human race, it would only be connecting you to somebody in New York City or uh, to all, all of the people there. So that's step one. And then you may ask your question, right? Because essentially you are interacting with this consciousness. This consciousness is a living and breathing thing. This consciousness is ever shifting. It is not stagnant. It is not stuck in time because life goes on, right? There, There's always a happening. There's something that's shifting and changing, right? And so these waters are never the same. You may ask the same question in different days and get a different answer. For instance, you may be like, how is New York feeling today? And feeling, right, means you're going to start getting these codes around emotion that are going to go straight into your heart, feel like a cloud. And you're going to start momentarily actually be becoming submerged into these energies and feeling them. Now, there's a way to also sense them without becoming all, all the way ingrained in them, right? Um, essentially, if you don't want the collective consciousness of New York, for instance, in this case, or emotions of New York to be imparted upon you or to be absorbed by you, you can put a filter around your heart a filter that allows you to understand and experience, like allows you to understand the emotion, but doesn't really trap you in it, right? If that makes sense. And and you probably need that filter when you're working with some tough emotions. I don't know, like if you want to look at everybody who's suicidal, you probably want to, the emotions of those people, you probably want to set up like little protections for your heart, like a filter. The filter looks like, um, just looks like a sieve. It's, it's golden in color. And it's just like essentially intersecting vertical and horizontal lines. And so you, you just put that protective filter over your heart, you're still going to be able to read the emotions, but they're not going to mentally impact you. They're not going to send you into a dark place you don't want to go to. So that is essentially you ask the question and then the, the answer comes. Eventually you're going to get so good that the moment you connect to a particular group, you, you start receiving and downloading information from these people as well, right? You can just do a general, uh, like a general reading, so to say. You don't have to be specific or you can be specific if you choose to. So for instance, if you're looking at a relationship that you have with a particular person, you can just connect to their consciousness and just upload everything that's coming through, right? You don't have to be specific. Or you can be specific and ask specific questions. The question that I'm getting from the collective is, um, so how is it that you are able to communicate with the group or like somebody's asking you a question? So when I work with humanity, uh, there are two types of episodes that I do. One type of episode is when I address the entire human collective. And these are usually pivotal episodes. Sometimes I call them foundational. And uh, despite the fact that only a subsegment of the human population physically hears this episode, I am usually uploading them to the center of the human collective consciousness. So all of them are going to get the, like, the subconscious... Uh, knowing or learning that I impart in those episodes. In that particular instance, when I ask, you know, um, the collectives to come forward with questions, it is essentially me dealing with the entire, entire humanity. And whatever question is the loudest is going to come like a train towards me. It's like a voice, essentially. The way the collective works is you connect to whatever is the highest good. And the highest good is either usually the most frequently asked question that just gets translated, or if there is a very strong reaction to what I'm saying. Sometimes I say something and it's unclear, or sometimes I say something and it's controversial. And very often it's either an emotional reaction. I just get like a wave of emotion. Actually, emotions, also collective emotions, sometimes they feel like clouds or sometimes they feel like waves. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, but they're, I guess, more dispersed as opposed to feeling, uh, sorry, thoughts. They're like uh, very targeted. They're like an arrow. So they feel very, very different. And so I have to address that because, again, uh, for me, it's very important to have a feedback loop with... Um, collective consciousness, because sometimes I talk about topics that are controversial. Sometimes I talk about topics that are, you know, have never been covered before or, or are true new. And the feedback is extremely important for me. And I just happen to have edit access as well to the collective consciousness. So I'm, I'm able to be a lot more helpful um, when I'm able to get the feedback. And so essentially, uh, when I work again with the collective consciousness, it's either the strongest things in the moment, the, like the strongest feedback that comes through or the, the feedback, it may not be strong, but like enough people are feeling it. Um, like the frequency of the same thought is, um, is high. And so, um, and so I'm able to react. And so, oh my God, you guys, so many questions. I love you, but I, I still need to get through just one more thing. And so the second type of episode that I'm doing before I get completely off, off track 
is for a smaller group of people, just the listeners of this podcast. And then um, the process is very much the same. I'm just going to be responding and reacting in the moment to either an emotion that I'm getting as feedback based on what I said, or any type of confusion that I'm feeling from the collective. So I would be addressing, but that would be a much, much, much smaller group. The question that just came through as I was talking to you about the collective consciousness of humanity and like that first aspect was, wait a second. So these people have never heard your content and you're saying that they're still reacting to it with the actual hell. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I promise you I'm not crazy. Uh, although what's the definition of crazy? Uh, crazy is, is probably just aware, right, at this point. Anyway, uh, so what? Um, remember how I told you that human collective is... The iceberg, there is the part above water and then there is the part below water. At face value, the part above water is what you guys consider to be real. Those who are actively engaging with my content that click on the link in, on YouTube or click on the link on Spotify or what have you, they would be that tip of the iceberg. And so, yes, they are aware that we're having an exchange, right? But all the people that are having an exchange with me in their subconscious, it's kind of like the part of the iceberg that is below the water. Just because they are not aware that there is an iceberg below water, and I hate to sound like a broken record, it does not make the iceberg below water not real. And that is how I'm able to have conversations, and by the way, sometimes even healing sessions with people, that at face value, if you were to talk to them, they've never heard who I am. They don't know my name. They've never um, physically listened to my content, but their soul has, right? Or whatever the projection of their higher self has, right? And that knowing would go to the same compartment where the knowledge about their past lives goes. It just, it's, it's not the same compartment. It doesn't make it not real. Okay. Remember how I told you that I was, um, I was going to, because we have some loose ends to tie. Remember how I told you I was going to teach you how to know if you could, if you have edit access to the mm, collective consciousness or if you have read-only access. So when your hands, when your hands are submerged into the waters of this golden bowl on a stem, and I have to say on a stem because if I don't say on a stem, my friend upstairs, who is the architect of the Akashic Records, is not going to appreciate me me teaching in this way. And, you know, I don't want to anger him. So that's that. Um, the bowl on the stem, it's very important, you guys. Just saying. So your hands are submerged. If you are only able to receive the codes, right, these golden codes coming up your hands, that is your read access. If you have an edit access, you're going to be able to send the information like a feeling from your heart. So like imagine that the code, like a golden code originates in your heart, travels down your hands. And if you feel like you're able to pass through those codes, um, those codes would emanate from the palms of your hands. Like they are going to be deposited inside of this collective consciousness. That means you have edit access. Same thing with thought forms, but the thought form would originate as a golden code in, in your brain. And that would travel down again through your hands and into this collective um, water. If you are able to upload something into the collective consciousness, then you are going to feel and see the codes leaving your hands. But a lot of the people are going to hit a barrier. Like it's the waters. It's the flow that goes one way. It doesn't go another way. Don't worry if that, if that is the case. If you only have read-only access, you're still better off than everybody else who hasn't consciously listened to this episode. So you're still light years ahead right? But again, not everybody gets to be able to rewrite things the way they are. Okay. I feel like I've given you pretty much the gist of everything that I wanted to give you and all the things that I promised. I wanted to see if Collective has any questions for me in regards to anything that I said. Feel free to come forward as long as it serves a greater good. The question is, how do I know that I am receiving the right stuff how can I trust what comes through? So if you're just starting to practice meditation, if you're just starting to practice talking to spirit guides, same thing. If you're just starting to talk uh, with a collective or interact with a collective, there will be an adjustment period. An adjustment period for in maybe, well, it, it really depends. Anywhere from three, three months to, usually it's under a year. That's the adjustment period that's... Uh, when your your body is still getting used to receiving the codes. And that is the most confusing time. That is when you get 
the most confused about like, is it just your voice inside of your head? Like, are you talking to yourself or are you actively receiving information? Over time, though, you're going to be able to separate church and state fairly, fairly well. How do you differentiate from the information that you receive as opposed to like, how do you know that you didn't make it up? Usually the information that comes through is somehow new to you or interesting or has an angle that you didn't realize. Whatever you're receiving from the Akashic Records is going to feel different uh, the more you practice. Like you're going to understand that it's not the same stream of consciousness and it's not you. And so my answer to you is don't worry and keep practicing. And by the way, just to alleviate some of your pain and confusion around receiving the wrong information, there's almost not no such thing as receiving the wrong information because whatever you're hearing is going to serve you one way or another. Whatever you're hearing, you're meant to hear. So don't you worry that it is somehow wrong or incorrect. You don't have what it takes. Simply receive. And the more you're open to receiving, the better you're going to become. And, you know, life always weeds, um, like, life always works out. I know what, like... Um, the, the things that you receive that may not, that may be distorted always have a way of weeding themselves out. Could there be information that is distorted that comes through to you from the collective and it is not entirely correct? Yes, I will explain why. So you're a vessel, right? And an energy vessel. And you're, you may be a pure and pristine vessel or your vessel may have you know, dirt and debris and um, just some sediment uh, in it, right? Depending on the cleanliness of, of your vessel, or shall, shall I say the cleanliness of your inner energetic vessel is going to determine the cleanliness of the messages that you're able to receive as well as to transmit. It goes both ways. Think of it, um, you know, if you're a pipe and water goes through a pipe, if you're a dirty pipe, pipe with all the mud inside, all the earth, um, like all, all the soil inside, then the quality of the water that you're going to be able to send back and forth is going to be muddy water, right? But if you're this new pristine pipe that, you know, is washed all the time, then the water they're going to be able to send through back and forth is going to be clean. Now, can I guarantee that your vessel is pristine and perfect? I cannot because this is planet Earth and all kinds of things happen on planet Earth. And it's actually really, really hard to maintain the cleanliness or the integrity of the vessel when in a human body. So most likely it, it is, you know, it, it would be normal for you to have some type of distortion. Now, the more you use the vessel, the better it becomes. That is the thing, right? Because the flow of these energies through your vessel are going to eventually clear it out. Now, there are also practices that you can do to optimize the vessel. So if the message that comes through somehow doesn't resonate with you or it just doesn't feel real or something else is off, it's probably your vessel. And um, in this particular instance, right, your vessel and how you're connecting is through the hands. So the palms of your hand may, your hands may require cleansing as well as Essentially, if we were talked, if we use the pipe analogy, although I don't love it, but it's, you know, it's going to get the point across. Imagine that your arms are like the continuation of the pipes, right? And going into the two centers, essentially, the pipes that would lead to your heart and the pipes would lead to your head, to your brain. All, so, and essentially there are like two pipes leading to the heart, one from the left palm, one from the right palm, and two pipes leading to your head, one from the left palm, one from the right palm. There are a total of four pipes or four we can call them energy meridians if that feels better for you. That would uh, be leverage that would be used when you create uh, when you're connecting to the collective consciousness. All four require some upkeep and all four require some cleansing. So again, if you're feeling or maintenance as well, if you're feeling like what you're getting, maybe you're not getting much at all, or if you whatever you're getting is somehow distorted, then clean it up. How would you clean it up? You would clean it up with white light. Sometimes you, you may also use a mixture of white and golden light. Imagine that there is like a, a torrent of water that enters the palms of your hands and flushes through all the sludge inside, all of the four pipes. And then pipes go both ways, right? So you need to clean up both, uh, both pathway, pathways. So the ones that start in your hands and then the ones that start in your brain and in your heart. Also, so like imagine the white water flowing from the heart into your hands and then from the brain into your hands. 
So that is that. You can also, once you do the white water, you may want to do an like an even deeper cleanse. Imagine that there is, do you guys know like a, like a, what the DNA molecule looks like? It's a double helix. It's essentially two spirals intertwining. Um, imagine that there are two spirals that are intertwining. One of them is white and one of them is gold. And use that movement, like a spiral, like a spiral um, movement, uh, a double helix molecule moving to do one more round of cleansing. Again, from your hands, this double helix is moving, 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 going to your heart and then going to your head to your brain and then the same double helix turns around in your head in your brain and in your heart and, and does the the flip movement going down and that is essentially how you would totally clean clean it out another question that i'm getting from the collective is does it violate any of the rules or the laws for me to be looking at a particular human being meaning they didn't really provide their permission for that. Now, I will tell you this. Whatever you're not supposed to see or feel, you couldn't... Uh, you, you just couldn't. Like, it, it's not... Whatever you're not meant to see is not going to be the information that is provided for you. Uh, the way that Akashic Records work is you always have guardians. And the guardians know your your soul. They know your uh, your heart, what's in your heart. They know, they know what's in your mind. So they know pretty much everything about you. And so if they even sniff like a malevolent intent or something that is even remotely fishy, they're not going to be... Uh, they're not going to give you access. So um, that already... Is a protective mechanism and and if you have a pure intention and the access codes then you are going to be able to see things and that is not a violation of anybody's free will um because again uh that if you don't intend to use that information uh, to harm anybody then that is actually fair game i'm trying to see if there are any like exceptions to this no, really, whatever exceptions, I mean, there you may not have access to access individualized records. Uh, it is possible, but that it may be because you violated something in the past, but you should still be able to access collective records. That, I don't see any issues with anybody. Collective records, yes, um, especially in the vicinity of planet Earth. Like some of you may not have access keys to let's say Venus records, and, and that's totally fine. So parts of it is dependent on the access uh, levels. And if you've, I guess if you've committed crimes against Akashic records before, so that would be deterred, like that would determine your Akashic records. And then the second one is intent. Those were really the two large determinants of, of what's going to happen. I feel like there is one last question from the collective that I meant to address on this issue. How often is it too often to check in with Akashic Records? There is no such thing. You can check in with a human collective consciousness as often as you'd like. Uh, you can do this all day, every day, although I don't recommend that if you're trying to create <laughs> a meaningful change in your physical life. Um, you, you, you always want to make sure that you're grounded. So as often as you'd like, but here is, thank you for asking because it made me remember something that's really important. We haven't really discussed this and maybe it requires a separate episode. If you would like for me to make a separate episode on this, can you go on YouTube and just comment under this video saying that you would like a separate episode about this? Um, this episode is all about creating your personal etheric or energy space for meditations and any of the energy work that you're doing. You know, call it your sacred space. I highly recommend that each of you creates a sacred space. Uh, because a sacred space is kind of like a place of shortcuts. You can have your favorite meditation landscapes there. You can have your favorite spirit guides there. You can have room to talk to your higher self. But here is why I'm telling you about this now. One of the things that I recommend is that one of the rooms in that etheric space that you set up for yourself, and by the way, it's your space, so you call the shots. You can make it as large or as small, as pretty or as ugly as you'd like it to. And it could also just be made entirely of white light, so you don't have to make it anything. So it's completely up to you. And so you would want to imagine, right, that this bowl of energy, this golden bowl on a stem, <laughs> stands in one of the rooms, or maybe like there is like a central hallway of the space. And it's it's not the actual um, Akashic Records like, it's not like we just took Akashic Records and migrated them to your field, but it's almost like a carbon copy of it. So it's like a copy-paste or like a shortcut. Um, in the same way that it's it's like maintaining the coordinates of something, right? Like, if you know the coordinates, you can get to the place. It's the same the same thing, like uh, like a link to the URL, like a link to the website is not the website, but it's the set of coordinates that would get you to the right 
place within the uh, wide, wide web. That, that being said, if you have like a carbon copy of this thing in your place, uh, in your uh, personal sacred space, then it will be extremely easy for you to connect to it. And then, you know, um, once you've connected to it and started working with this, the collective consciousness, you would be able to instantly get access to it. So you would essentially just connect to your personal space, like which would happen, you know, it could happen like 10 seconds flat. You would submerge your hands and you were there. And so essentially you could refer to the collective consciousness all the time because your speed to connect is going to be so, so quicker. And, and again, like um, I do recommend that you guys work on shortcuts because um, yeah, and, and place them all in your etheric space because it could really speed your energy work up. Alrighty, my darlings, I hope this was helpful. Uh, whoever requested this, you know who you are. So thank you for nominating this topic. On that note, um, I'm sending you a big virtual hug and I'll see you in the next one. Bye guys.